Welcome to Spirit in the Schools, a show revealing the Holy Spirit through self-gift and education. And now, here's your host, Mr. Zach Coyle. Spirit in the Schools. Welcome back, listeners, to Spirit in the Schools, where we reveal the Holy Spirit through stories of self-gift and education. I'm your host, Zach Coyle, principal of St. Vincent de Paul in Fort Wayne, Indiana, Today's episode is titled Professional Development, Growth Supports Organizational Health. Today, we'll look at an important part of school life that not many parents may know of, our work to invest in our staff and improve our skills in our meeting and professional times. So I'm thrilled to welcome two of our colleagues from the diocese. Uh, They have their own organization, but they're here in the diocese of Fort Wayne, South Bend. And their organization is the Northeast Literacy Council. So we'll hear more about that. But our guests today are Nancy Hanke and Patty Ritter. Thank you for all the good you do. Welcome. We're so happy to have you on. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you for inviting us. Absolutely. This is a joy. So I think the best starting point, because, you know, a lot of our listeners are parents, they truly may not know the term professional development, and maybe they're really invested in the school and they know, well, I know the teachers have meetings, perhaps it's a certain day every week or a certain morning, but yeah, what are they even really doing? So if a parent's never heard of professional development, what in the world are we talking about, you know? Well, we are very excited about the many opportunities offered to the schools. Professional development is continuing education for teachers, which encompass ongoing learning opportunities. It's offering a set of tools, resources, and training sessions for educators to enhance their teaching quality and effectiveness to improve student outcome. The professional growth of teachers is vital to the well-being of a school. Professional development must be relevant, it has to be timely, and it must be personalized. Mm, Amen. The one-shot workshop does not work. It does not support teachers during the stage of learning, which is the steepest learning curve, implementation. Sustained professional development is associated with significant increase in student achievement, which is our goal. Teachers need professional development that extends far beyond the one-shot workshop. They need the opportunity to learn how to question, to analyze, and change instruction in order to teach the variety of changing topics in today's classroom. Our coaching models provide support to teachers as they implement new strategies into their practice. Well, that is beautiful, Nancy. And I think just ending with the coaching model really might come home to a parent because, you know, you open, of course, it's continuing education, right? But they may uh, not really know what that would look like. And indeed, coaching is actually a real great uh, way to probably just sum up, if you could just give one word only, coaching for teachers, right? That coaching word. And so... I also want to come back to just again for uh, the good that it means to me as a principal and and to kind of tease this out more for our listeners. So relevant, timely or time bound, um, personalized. You know, I think there's a lot of people who have had jobs in any number of industries where they've had a particular training and they couldn't connect one of those things. They couldn't see how it was relevant for their work life. Mm-hmm. Um, it had perhaps no personal meaning, you know, for them. Oh, the company has this new software, and you only use it 1% of 1% of your total time, but you need to know, well, you know it doesn't feel personally meaningful, right? Um, and then certainly it wouldn't be timely because I'm, I'm only going to use this at most a fraction of a year. So when you were explaining what we're trying to do for teachers, if in fact our real planning for it can make it relevant. And indeed, I have the opportunity to work with you both. And of course, the listener doesn't know that, so we'll get into that in a minute. And it has been relevant. When it is timely, when it is personal, that's when I think we have real buy-in. Mm-hmm. And people can actually get excited about it. Like, oh, I can use this. 
today, you know, and usually our PD is at the end of the day, so it'd be tomorrow. But some schools will open up with a one-hour delay or a two-hour delay, and so they'll have their trainings then. Um, and then it would work, you know, I can use it today. So I love the definition, the relevant, the timely, the personalized, we'll, we'll hop into that. Um, Patty, let's, I haven't had to have you, uh, have an opportunity to introduce yourself. And I know I've worked with you in two schools now. Mm -hmm. I have seen tremendous joy. And so I think for both of you, but Patty, why don't we start with you? Tell our listeners a little bit about your background, because certainly you don't start out as a year one teacher and suddenly know how to give professional development, right? So I think it'd be great for a listener to hear that. Well, probably not um, in terms of jumping right into it right away. Sure. Yeah. Um, I've spent over 25 years as a classroom teacher at the elementary level. For the most part, I taught grades two to four. Right. Um, I spent a couple of years as a STEM lab teacher where I taught K to five. I had forgotten that. That's mm -hmm. awesome. And then I spent a couple of years as an instructional coach. So this kind of goes right into what you're talking about with coaching. Right. Um, I was involved with, um, in my schools, in leadership teams throughout the time that I was there. I participated in every PD opportunity I could I could get. Um, I discovered that I really liked working with other teachers, Amen. sharing yes. ideas, yeah. you know, solving problems of practice so that when I retired from the classroom, I knew I still wanted to work with teachers. Now, I'm retired from the classroom, but I'm not retired as a teacher. I ran into Nancy, and she was beginning to get requests from the diocese. Um, for PD for all their teachers. She does some new teacher success programs, uh, mentoring. And we started working with breaking down scores for NWEA, mm -hmm. which is the, yep. a test. I don't, I assume that parents probably know about NWEA. Well, our listeners may not really. I mean, certainly if they're from our diocese, they've at least heard the term. Mm -hmm. But I think our schools can go farther about actually helping a parent understand what it is. So mm -hmm. feel free to add anything you want, you well, know. I would call it sort of a diagnostic beginning, middle and end of year test mm -hmm. that measures where kids are in relation to skills, yes. and it's nationally, performed nationally. So That's a beautiful definition. That's exactly what it is. Okay. It, it really does give you that that knowledge of where's my child right now as the year opens, mid-year and end year. Yeah. So right? we, we look at the data to try to figure out, you know, how can teachers group their kids to make better instructional decisions, yes. um, to differentiate instruction, which means um, trying to tailor that instruction to different levels and different, different places where kids are. Um, now, what we've done with the data, it, it seems to be morphing into more of working alongside teachers to try to change their instruction. Sure. It's better right. um, practicing, fine-tuning those practices. Well, I think that's been really new, actually. I mean, you would hate mm -hmm. to say this, but in it, I think that's true, though. It's really new for Catholic schools that we've realized our public counterparts have been decades ahead of us in really understanding data and education is deeply useful. And you actually can then plan from that data and reach the kids at a deeper level. And what's really been a joy to see in my own career is that, indeed, the public schools have done that. So they've said, well, if we structure interventions this way for reading, this way for math and so forth, we will see the students actually grow and make gains. And so, yeah, exactly what you're saying. Like, now that we know how to do that, I see our Catholic schools really deeply using that. And indeed, uh, just I want to ask for our listeners' sake a little bit about the formation of Northeast Literacy Council. But I think it was the diocese starting to ask, because I think a lot of Catholic dioceses or just any single Catholic school actually didn't know for a very long time, where can we go to find PD that is really good? And by good here, I'm coming right back to your definition, Nancy, that's relevant for our teachers. That's timely, mm -hmm. right? That's meaningful for them. Um, that really will be personalized for them. And that NWEA data is a great point because it's their students. So it's deeply personal. And then they can understand, oh, you know, I didn't realize that that this child was actually I was teaching him at a level that he wasn't quite ready for, and I need to regroup him, you know. So there's there's so much to learn from that. But Nancy, 
And uh, Patty, feel free to hop in too. Tell us also, well, I'd love our listeners to hear about your background, but then tell us how that led into sure. the formation of Northeast Literacy Council. Um, it's been a long, wonderful journey. Um, I began my teaching career in Massachusetts on beautiful Cape Cod. I taught fifth grade for 25 years and then moved to Fort Wayne, where I was adjunct professor um, at the old IPFW, now PFW. Sure, yes. And then became full-time faculty at the University of St. Francis, the education department. Um, I retired from the university, but I still do graduate work practicums for the uh, university. Sure. Northeast Literacy began about 10 years ago while I was still at the university. I had planned a number of best practice showcase conferences. Teachers came from all over the area um, and local teachers presented on a variety of topics. From there, I started the new teacher success program a program which provides instructional and emotional support for our beginning teachers. Thank you for hitting both. That's so yeah. important. We want new teachers to avoid the pitfalls that so often lead them to changing their careers. Mm -hmm. In this program, teachers learn effective classroom strategies and evidence-based practices, as well as how to maintain those positive relationships with students, because we know that is of the utmost importance. Amen. Teachers attend during New Teacher Success, a monthly workshop and follow-up meetings with me in their classrooms. And there we discuss the successes, the challenges, and again, I provide them the tools they need to help be successful with the students. Um, teachers attend workshops and have meetings scheduled during the fall and spring to share all their successes and challenges. Well, one thing I, I just couldn't help but reflect on, and, and this might sound almost funny, but each of you in your uh, most direct classroom teaching years mentioned having 25 years of experience. So that's the benchmark. So if we get two and a half decades, then you are qualified <laughs> to give meaningful professional development, right? I, I'm, of course, I'm teasing. I mean, that could come much earlier and much later. But, you know, it's, it's wonderful the years you've given, um, you know, in different parts of the country. But I always enjoy meeting people who have really committed in a deep way to education. You know, because you see so much good from that. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, any given day, I love that you just spoke to the emotional because there are really hard days in education mm -hmm. because we're invested in the lives of human beings, right? Um, not only the children, but increasingly the lives of the parents, you know, needing different ways of helping their own children and kind of navigating that. So anyways, indeed, the emotional support is needed and that is a beautiful thing. So that's a great question I have for you. So, you know, for a parent listening, still coming from that place of, well, hey, you know, what are my, um, I, I know my child's school, and I know the teacher, and I love them. What are they doing in that meeting time? A great question there is, what do PD offerings look like for Northeast Literacy Council? And you just started to answer some of that. So mm -hmm. one option, I do think the new teacher success, I, in my view, so I have, um, you both know this already, but our listeners may not, I have background in the Archdiocese of Baltimore. And there really was not that in my years there. There, there could well be now. I, I really wouldn't uh, be able to know offhand. But when I was starting, there was no way to have um, a truly embedded mentor program that was diocesan-wide. And certainly I had some support in my, uh, my own schools. But a school could have also not had that. You know, and then you're really left to yourself and you're kind of left floundering, right? So that's one. So I love that you gave us the format. So there's monthly check-ins and there's in-the-classroom support. Mm -hmm. There you go for relevant. I mean, what could be more relevant than somebody who's actually seeing how well your teaching's going, but still saying, hey, look, here's an opportunity for you, right? You're doing great in these areas, but look at this one thing you may not have thought about. It's so telling. I mean, I could, I had tips to videotape myself when I was teaching. And, you know, you think, well, I'm doing really great here. And you watch the tape and you think, oh, 
I'm, I mean, I'm doing okay, but I have room mm-hmm. for growth there, you know? Yeah. So um, having somebody in to actually see who has the wealth of experience that you do is so strong. So that's one option, mm-hmm. but you've mentioned again, making it personalized. So what are, and of course I'm thinking of, of our own school because we've yeah. benefited from your work, but what are other ways that you offer it? We offer a wide variety of workshops and long-term professional learning opportunities as well. We also offer book clubs. We've done them virtually as well as on site. Some topics we address in workshops in the long-term programs uh, include rigor, how to um, add rigor to the curriculum, sure. STEM, guided math, assessment, um, and of course, effective instruction. Mm-hmm. Um, the RISE rubric is used as a tool for administrators to observe teachers in the classroom. During our RISE rubric program, we share with the teachers best practice strategies to enhance the teachers' daily teaching and to address all the diverse needs in the classroom. Sure. We encourage during those long-term, yearly-long programs, scheduled meetings with teachers to follow up. Uh, following the workshop with teacher meetings is the most effective means to impact teacher effectiveness and student achievement. Amen. It's- well, and Patty, you've been doing this for St. Vincent's this last year. So I really, and of course, we're scheduled for the year to come, which is wonderful. And so I, I wanted to ask Patty to speak to that a little bit because it's exactly that model, right? We mm-hmm. have some of it is workshop based. We have some of the Wednesdays for our school. It's Wednesdays. It could be any day of the week. But um, and then you've actually been able to have time with the teachers in their collab time. So tell our listeners a little bit about what that's looked like. Okay. Um, it, it's it's different than a workshop, which is the sit and get well, sure. yes. one time approach where you learn about a topic and then a lot of teachers just put it in a pile and forget about it. So this has so, been so ongoing. I especially love the chance to get in and work directly with the teachers. So usually what the pattern is, is I present some information. Teachers make some sort of a commitment about what they want to try. Right. They try it. And then we meet again to kind of see how it's going, whether Nancy mentioned successes and challenges. And that's exactly what we talk about. We brainstorm ways to um, make it better. Teachers work in teams, especially mm-hmm. at your school. Oh, right. Not every school yes. has a team approach. They may have just one teacher per grade level. Grade, right. um, so I become their team where we can collaborate together about how to, how to uh, improve the practice. But with your group and your team approach, um, they oftentimes collaborate together to figure out what do we want to do and how do we want to choose this. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You've shared with me sometimes <clears throat> you'll have this, those collabs where the teachers are already really implementing, you know, but then they're sharing that with you, which is, I think that's amazing because we don't often have it that way in education where it can be, okay, we kind of have to push the bar a little bit and get somebody, uh, and that scaffolding concept in education is that you do so with a loving support, but you push them a little bit out of the comfort zone so that they're ready. But so many times it's been our teachers, you know, diving in um, just for the listeners out there so that you have some context. One of the things our school wanted to work on was engagement. And we have a highly engaged school and I really compliment our families. And, and I mean that. But yet we still saw just even those brief moments of, of a child you may not have realized was just, you know, mentally out the window, even for just seconds of the classroom. But they've missed from that some of the core learning objective of that day's class. So we've tried all kinds of different strategies and, and you've been wonderful. But one Breaking it up with physical movement, I can't tell you how much more movement I've been able to observe as, as the building principal. And I love it, you know, in so many instructional ways. So instead of simply raising your hand and answering a question, we're going to stand up, we're going to move around the room, as basic as it gets. But suddenly your mind is completely recommitted, mm-hmm. right? And there's just that break to the perhaps traditional flow of being, you know, a little more sedentary and raising your hand. 
And Patty, without you coming in to lead us through that, and this all came from Marzano, one of the leading researchers in education, but it was beautiful. So thank you. Thank you. So Pete, go right ahead, Patty. Well, I'm sorry. I was yeah. just going to add that, you know, first of all, there's science behind that as well. Mm-hmm. The, the idea of movement, creating oxygen to the brain and, and yes. helping students take in a little more information. But um, I've also received feedback from your teachers, too, because we ask, we ask for Amen. them to be accountable in terms of reflecting each time that they learned a new strategy. And some of the feedback has, has spoken right to that, that they had no idea that movement was going to be so important. Um, but they also like the format of being able to sit down and meet with each other and mm-hmm. share ideas and then have feedback from me. So it's been a real, um, almost like they're my students. Yes, now, yes. And, and they have really taken it seriously. So it's been a good learning experience, I think, for for all of us, because I know I've learned from it as well. Well, thank you for including, too, that opportunity for the teachers themselves to reflect. Mm-hmm. And I would add, you know, when you've taken about personalizing professional development, that is essential. Because what can make it more personal if, if you have the opportunity to say, well, you know, I, I don't know if this worked as well as you thought. I'd like to know more about this. I have more questions here then you've really made it personalized. And, mm-hmm. and it has been beautiful. Thank you for that. I I think the joy of a real, uh, just an outstanding coach as you are, Patty, or, in, or a building administrator is that we, in a way, do adopt our students through our teaching staff, right? Because mm-hmm. we're not the ones who are directly serving. And their their gains then, in a way, become shared at a broader level. So that's yeah. really great. Well, thank you. I am excited about it. So I thought I could just ask you both. I mean, you've now had years of experience offering all kinds of forms. And just if there is a story from some group you've served, a school you've served, I'm not, uh, very authentically, I'm not looking for my own. I just love getting the conversation out there. You know, has there been a a particularly happy memory where you've seen some of your work be really fruitful, where you've known, boy, this has in fact helped a school meet its objectives, you know? Um, I can share the, one of the most recent PD programs. Um, We called it Flip It. Um, and it was used in one of the Fort Wayne Diocese schools. Sure. Teachers wanted professional development that they can use to help them prepare and deliver what students need most. Skills, techniques, and strategies that allow them to address all those individual needs they see in their classroom. And they need to have the skills for different, differentiated instruction for the students. Sure. Keeping that in mind, we offered the Flip It program to the teachers in the school. Teachers emailed me an area they would like to focus. Each month, I sent a podcast addressing their area of interest. Teachers listened to the podcast and then submitted a reflection monthly sharing how they plan to infuse the podcast Hmm. ideas into their teaching. Neat. I like that. Since each teacher had a different interest, a monthly meeting was scheduled to debrief. Each teacher shared their learnings from the podcast. Collaboration and collegiality was also enhanced as teachers followed up with questions asking for more details mm. of the strategies that teacher had listened to. That's cool. It was a huge success. Awesome. Well, I love the name, too, of Flip It, you know. Um, <laughs> that's just fun, and it certainly makes me think, too, of a flipped classroom, and we could that's go more exactly to that. That's exactly weird, but, yeah. But that's beautiful. That's mm-hmm. really great. So, Patty, how about for you? Has there been one that's really stood out to you, or, or one among many, maybe? Sure. I've really enjoyed the, the format that we made up for St. Vincent's. Thank you. Um, God was in that where, all the way, right? You yes, know, where um, I present, you know, I visit the teachers later to follow up. So we've, we've duplicated that at a couple of other schools. Awesome. But um, I, I've worked with one school now for going on five years 
where we started with NWEA data analysis sure. um, and how to how to look at that for each classroom teacher. And the teachers have become so proficient that when I come to visit, I usually spend a whole day meeting with individuals. They're prepared and they they come to me saying, what about this student? What about that student? So we've been watching, you know, upward trends, downward trends, what to do with kids, when to think about moving a student to a different block mm-hmm. because of their abilities or right. when to think about maybe they need to be, you know, referred for some special education testing, those kinds of things. Um, so... But planning through this, through looking at data to incorporate this into your lessons is just one part of a teacher's job. They also have to instruct. And that's another component that's a huge, huge, um, makes a big difference in effectiveness. So we've decided to now change our, our focus from just looking at data into moving towards what would enhance your instructional techniques? Beautiful. So they have chosen, each teacher has a different goal. It's similar to the flip it idea. Mm-hmm. But it's going to be more where I present resources and, and information, maybe some research on why it's effective, um, best ways to do this. They will go ahead and implement, and then I'll come back and meet with them again sure. in person, similar to what you're doing, but it's more individualized. Well, I really compliment you both because I truly do think that you're masters of that personalization. Mm-hmm. And, you know, again, my experience in Archdiocese of Baltimore, there wasn't a partner group there, you know, to provide something like this. So we had sometimes... I think, very well done PD, but it wasn't as embedded. It wasn't as personalized. And so you could easily lose it, you know, from year to year or sometimes it would shift. But I I didn't even realize you were working with one of the schools for five years. Yes. I mean, think about the depth of relationship that allows for it. Well, that's exactly right. I really feel like I'm almost part of their staff. They they teach, they treat me that way. They include me into correspondence. So, yeah. Now, that's beautiful. Yeah. And, you know, I think you've had a level of that with us, too, in that, Mm -hmm. you know, our teachers rightly know that you can help indeed coach them and give them those ideas. But, you know, I was thinking about the instructional model. And this, I think, really resonates with the parents. So much of life is the how of whatever is at stake versus the what. Now, we need the what. So that would be more of your data and your planning. But how we actually teach, you know, the relationships all in what we're actually doing in that time with our kids. So that's beautiful that you're working on that. And sometimes, again, I'm thinking about having videotaped myself, having others visit Sometimes we're not always aware of some small nuance in how we relate to other people. And, you know, you're relating, by the way, in in a teaching classroom to at least 15 to 20, if not 30, right? Mm -hmm. And you might even be relating as well to your teaching assistant. So you have all of these relationships. So it really does help to have somebody in who can help you think about that and, and grow through it. And you use that word nuance. I was just thinking of that word because that's exactly what it is, where there are so many components of instruction that teachers know about, but don't always bring into their practice. And so sometimes it's important to just bring those back to their memory. Um, a lot of teachers have told me, especially from your school, that we we didn't necessarily teach them a whole bunch of new things, mm-hmm. but we reviewed a lot of things they had forgotten. Yes. And we brought it to the forefront so that they could remember how to use it and to, to remember to use it. So yes. I think these little nuances that you're talking about are, are components that they know about, but don't always pick up and remember. Sure. And to compliment our, our team, but to compliment all teachers, you know, if we think about teaching now, and if, if you think about your careers, I, I haven't asked you this before on, on the air here, but I would bet that this would align. I can only think of it. I, I don't yet have two decades in education, but I'm getting close. I really am. So anyways. I think about that and what is now asked of a teacher today, especially post-COVID, versus when I first was a teacher. And it is dramatically more intense. Mm -hmm. 
Now, when you have the spirit and you have that drive and you have that call, it doesn't necessarily feel more intense, but the demands actually have increased. So that could be a whole other episode. And that's, mm-hmm. you know, giving me a dinging bell right now to think about, you know, the, the asks made of teachers. But we do need that coaching. We need to refresh ourselves on, on what matters most and we need to learn, you know, new things. So thank you for sharing that. Sure. I think it's also affirming to them and they mm. know that they're doing yes. best practices, but they need sometimes the name of what they're doing. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's what I found. Some teachers have said that I knew I was doing the right thing. I just didn't know what it was called. Yes. Isn't that awesome yeah. when that happens? Yeah. Oh, it's so fun. And I think also another critical piece of all this program is the support of the administration, mm. that if they support it and they advocate for it, um, it it works so well in the schools and Zach, you have done that. At Thank your you. School. I appreciate yeah. it. I, I inherit an incredible climate, though, that makes that so easy, you know. So it's my predecessors, mm-hmm. teachers, too. I mean, it's just the climate there. So mm-hmm. healthy organizations need growth, you know, mm-hmm. and they need this kind of development. So, well, let me ask you one last thing just for, for a parent here. Um, thinking about the workshops, because there are times when simply coming back in to new something, to excuse me, to learn something new or to relearn something that you had known can really be fruitful. I'm thinking of one you've put out for um, here at the end of the summer so that when we're restarting school about the science of reading. Mm-hmm. And I thought, boy, that'd be a great refresher for me. So how do you pick? I mean, there's so much in education and I've got to see that the Holy Spirit is truly present in that decision making. How do you know what workshops, how are you called to that? Do you, do you meet regularly? Is it? We meet frequently. And yes. I think I read every educational article and um, research-based article that's out there. Sure. And I also listen to teachers. Where are they having the concerns? Where mm-hmm. are the challenges? And so we try to meet those needs by offering workshops. Uh, that has worked very well in the past. Well, we have to be cognizant, too, that, you know, being removed from the classroom mm-hmm means that the amount of knowledge that we had when we left the classroom has to continue to grow and it has right. to still stay relevant and timely, right. just like um, for our teachers. So Also true we're if you're still in-, in the classroom over many years, yes. right? Yes, but we're educating ourselves, excuse me. Yeah, well, that's well, beautiful. So. That is awesome. Great. Well, that was something I just really thought that really, to me, does show the Holy Spirit at work, you know, and I think where do we, what, what's needed really to have this deeper commitment for an organization? And thank you for noting the administration has supported this very nice compliment. But I think you have to have some patience in it. And you really have to have that fruit of the Holy Spirit self-control that we are really going to work to grow ourselves. And it could be in a climate that might not be as healthy that says, well, you know, I've put in my hours today. I'm not going to go to this meeting. I've put in my time with the students, which is of utmost and first importance, but I, I'm not going to continue to grow. Well, you you know, nobody can stay static. You're either really moving upward with growth in one way or another, or you're really losing. You know, it's just impossible to hold a flat line. So I, I really do see the Holy Spirit in motivating a culture of growth and, and discipline and that self-control and the goodness that comes from it. I mean, you've, you've spoken to that all episode long about what does it mean for the teachers receiving it? What does it mean for you and your own growth? What does it mean for a building principal? And I'm, again, very inspired to know you've had this five-year. I mean, we're, we're about to start year two together, right? Mm-hmm. And, of course, we've worked before. But for one school to know that they have an ally out there. So, Nancy, how do you recruit? Because you've got an amazing ally in, in Patty. What's your recruiting looking like for how you grow this, you know, Honestly, in the future? Honestly, sometimes God works his ways. <laughs> yes. Um, Patty, I was... This was about five years ago, and I was at the Fort Wayne Center, and we happened to come across each other. Sure. And she said, 
um, what are you doing now? I told her. She's I'm retiring. I mean, it was happenstance. It just worked. And yeah. many times it's happened that way. So sure. I think God's working his ways to make sure that these people cross our paths. And, Amen. Yeah. That's great. Well, I want to let you give a plug because certainly if, if anyone's listening in and around our area, I know you could work with them and travel to some extent and see there. But even from a virtual standpoint, if listeners oh, yeah. are around the nation, what's the best way to get in touch with either of you if, if they're wanting to learn more? And it could be a parent, too. I mean, you might say as a parent, you know what? I don't really think my school is doing this. And I they really should be like, great, reach out, you know, like, mm-hmm. let's get a conversation going and help your building principal to know that, right? Mm-hmm. So what's a good way to get in touch? Um, email is probably the best way. Sure. And my university email is nhanke, N-H-A-N-K-E-E at S as in Sam, F as in Fred dot E-D-U. You know what I think is uh, going to be another fruit of the Holy Spirit from this? Because you've had a lot of growth in 10 years. Mm-hmm. You said I think it's been yep. about 10 years, yep. right? I see a web page coming in your future, you know, because that that will help draw someone in yes. from. Um, but truly, to think about, I've I've actually served in three dioceses in, in my career, and one was only for the one year, so I, I didn't notice as deeply, perhaps, as I do now with six here. But we didn't always have those partnerships, especially in the Catholic side, you know, and they may have been there for the public, but there's a lot of good. Uh, truly a lot of grace that's present in the work you're doing. So I hope you will get many emails, Nancy. That's fantastic. That's good. Well, one of the things we want to do is just really speak to the health that you've provided has enhanced our mission. So our mission, and certainly Catholic schools are going to word this slightly differently, but the first part of our mission is to help our students live and share their Catholic faith. And I love that. I, I inherit this wording. I mean, to me, it's so inspiring. Like, yes, amen. That's what we're here to do. But the second part is while growing in academic success, And, you know, at St. Vincent's, we have this incredibly broad range of learners. We have special needs. We have enrichment. We have all manners of the instructional spectrum and skills. But that entire broad range is going to be moving up, right? And you have really helped with that. And so I want to thank you both. And I I really just thought, you know, you've mentioned that administrators need to affirm that. And so is there a tip you might be able to give? This might be better for a teacher or for an administrator, say, than a parent. But... If they're really trying to build that, that like, how do we enhance our mission? How do we get more buy-in to a PD program? Maybe I'm at a place where I feel stuck. I'm not really getting something good off the ground. I think you've actually shared it before in this episode, but what would your, what comes to mind as advice you give them? I think if you look at a list of topics that are out there of, of, of things that teachers need to be able to do and let teachers choose where they want to grow, that's always a, a, a key for buy-in in my experience, because once, if you want to learn something, then you're more motivated. So, yes. and you're engaged, yes. which is what we've tried to work with. And we have a menu of learning opportunities and programs that can be emailed if anyone's interested. Excellent. Wide variety. Awesome. Well, definitely email Nancy. So you, do you want to actually read your email one more time? Hanky H-A-N-K-E-E, at S as in Sam, F as in Fred, E-D-U. Thank you, Nancy. And I, I really do think all along this episode, you've, you've really developed a way to make it personalized. And that does make it relevant and timely. And I really commend you for actually asking teachers. You know, I do think many teachers, you mentioned the affirmation that gives, probably would tell you that they are not asked as a routine or even at all 
So that's something even on my own heart, you know, we do try to do that. We have a great leadership team on campus, but it's always that call back for my own practice. Like, yes, you know, we need to be asking that more. Mm -hmm. I am proud to say that our current work and engagement came out of asking the teachers what they needed, you know, so that's great. Well, we love to close with prayer, not only blessings for Northeast Literacy Council, but all of our listeners. And Nancy and Patty, we are just so elated to have you with us. May the Lord truly bless you and your work. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you, Zach, Thanks for, for the opportunity. Us. And listeners, let's close with prayer. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. Lord God, we thank you and praise you for so many blessings in education. In a particular way today, we thank you for this amazing concept that we can grow in our work, this professional development, that we can be coached in ways that are timely, relevant, and personalized. We ask that this would really reach all educators so that we better reach our students and our families. And we ask your blessing not only, Lord, on Northeast Literacy Council, but all in education to continue to grow. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you, listeners. Tune in next week for more Spirit in the Schools. You've been listening to Spirit in the Schools. Zach Coyle has been your producer and host. This episode was edited by Tony Marks. And for more information, go to spokestreet.com slash spirit. Spirit in the Schools. This podcast is part of the Spoke Street Network. For more great podcasts, visit spokestreet.com.